Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast, a place to find strength for your journey. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. For the past 25 years, the Apple Valley-based country group Southern Spirit has been bringing the sounds of the genre's best music to Southern California audiences and beyond. The group has become a mainstay on the local scene and has played everywhere from the Crazy Horse and Toby Keiths to the Branding Iron and the former Cocky Bull right here in Victorville. Its co-founder and lead guitarist Joe Eifert describes his band's music as an eclectic mix of rock, country, blues, and jazz. Over their career, the members of Southern Spirit have grown tremendously, both artistically and personally, according to Joe. He's here on the podcast today to talk about all the band's been through, the current state of country music, and how excited Southern Spirit is to be celebrating two and a half decades of making music together. Hey, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantabulous. How are you doing, Luann? I'm doing great. It's good to have you on the show. Um, I have a lot of people on from around the country, so it's pretty special when we get somebody local of your caliber on the program. And I'm really excited about all the things that you have coming up with Southern Spirit. But before we get into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the band's journey and how it all began. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years as a band. And, uh, you know, in the beginning days, it was just... Uh, an idea between myself and my wife. She was uh, just another musician to me at the time. <laughs> That's a whole other story right there. But um, we wanted to put a little band together, and you know, I had some ideas of what it could be and, and how we could do it. And, and I was playing with a lot of other different bands at the time. Uh, Trisha May and Calico, uh, subbing in with Bobby Compton and the Cockeyed Cowboys, and then doing some shows with... Uh, you know, some country hall of famers like uh like Billy Walker and people like that. Anyway, we 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 uh we actually got a gig and the first time we played I had uh Bob Gross on bass who at the time was playing with uh Delaney and Bonnie. He had played with them for like ever and a day. And then uh Richard West on drums. That was and then uh T C Clark. Uh, and myself. And it was a little place called uh, Mama's Honky Tonk down in San Bernardino. And, uh, you know, it went really well, and we thought, well, we could do this. And, you know, I'd pick up gigs where I could, and uh, that, you know, that we, we can, that I knew we can go in there and they weren't going to expect too much out of us. And we built it into, you know, built a, enough of a of a of a show for for the for a whole night that we ended up playing a, a a room called the chat room in Carson for a year. It was my wife and myself and Richard West uh, who played the very first gig with us. He ended up playing drums with us there, and uh, a fellow by the name of Joe Vegas who at the time was also playing bass with Vince Gill. 
Joe Vegas ended up having other things he had to go pursue. And, uh, you know, we used the chat room to try different players and fifth pieces and that kind of stuff. And that year at the chat room was great, and it was fun because uh, I would have guys like Steve Duncan fill in for a weekend when he wasn't out with the Desert Rose Band. J.D. Manis, I believe, he did a weekend with us once. And, uh, you know, they were both with the Desert Rose Band. And and uh, several other, you know, players that I knew would come in and sit in with us. And then as we moved on, my cousin Jay Suter actually joined the band. And then uh, Richard moved on, and we ended up with Bobby Joe Bearden playing drums. And pretty much that's been the nucleus of the band a majority of the 25 years. And it's been a family band, like I said. Early in the days, I know we've talked about this before, that you guys sort of got a really good running start and you were opening for some big-name acts and then you got approached by some labels. Well, and, I, and that's where I was going to hit next. You know, as we, we just kept working on what we were doing and finding the rooms. And before you know it, we were being asked to do a lot of show openers, you know. Uh, so the 90s uh, was very, very good for the band. And because we were opening up for Brooks and Dunn, Toby Keith, gosh, just a plethora of, of guys, you know, record labels started to take notice. And every now and then they'd send somebody out and they'd be sitting there. They'd record a whole night of us playing and stuff. And we ended up uh, getting uh, somebody from Atlantic Record coming out. And they were like, hey, you know, we really like what, you want, what you're doing. We need to talk. So uh, we had to talk. And, uh, you know, the deal was that we're, we're going to watch for this next year see where you guys go. We'd like to see... You know, they, they let us know what they'd like to hear and see from us. So we ended up going through several fifth pieces, you know. Uh, we ended up getting Lou Tice to play keyboards with us. Lou Tice was uh, very instrumental in, in helping get Guns N' Roses together back in the day <laughs> when they were first starting out. And Lou really liked what we were doing, so he played with us. And, you know, next thing we know, I mean, we're just we're opening up for everybody, playing all the A rooms, uh we were just busy all the time. There was one year, there was a two-year stretch where we had exactly one weekend off. We went 52 straight weeks, had a weekend off, and won another 51 straight weeks before we saw another weekend off or a week off because we were playing, you know, five, six, seven nights a week back then. It was going really good, you know. And uh, then we there was just some issues uh, towards the end there. Uh, we had our shots, we had our breaks, and uh, you know, but it's a really tough deal to get a record deal to begin with. And uh, you know, we got close, and uh, you know, I don't want to go into details because it's in the past, but uh, things just didn't quite work out our way for us, and and we never got it, got that deal. Uh, and then you know, through all that. In the meantime, we end up all having families started. And so the last, I'd say the last 12, 13 years, we've pretty much settled into just playing around Southern California when we can and, and raising our families. And uh, that's where we sit at today. Now, you know, our 25-year uh, together as a band, it's kind of a big deal for any band to be together even 10 years. And uh, and a lot of people were asking, well, are you going to do anything? Are you going to do anything? So uh, the Cadillac Ranch in Apple Valley 
said they'd love to host for us our 25-year anniversary weekend. So September 7th and 8th, that's exactly what's going to be taking place. It's uh, We're going to be celebrating 25 years of being a band, playing Southern California, and uh, all, the, all the really fun stuff that we've done over the years and talking to people about it and kind of just hashing out because that the truth of the matter is we're getting older i don't know how much longer we could do it my buddies the do writers they've been at it 40 years but i really couldn't tell you any other bands out there that have been doing this as long as you know us after the do writers now do you have any regrets that you didn't go for that big major recording contract you know it's funny you ask because i've actually conflict uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I've hashed that over in my mind over the last few years, and it just seems that when I was younger, I had a lot of regrets. Now, looking back, I have no regrets, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, my family and my kids and what I've, all the time I've got to spend with them and, and stuff. It, it would have been nice. You know, the, their world may have been different, uh, but I can't really say that I have any regrets that, that haunt me. Yeah, well, that's good. And I think, too, and you might agree with this or not, but as you get older, your values really change a lot as to what success means and what fulfillment is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, my Lord, I, I, I look back at just the last 10 years, and I look at my career overall combined with that, and we did, uh, in those first 10 years, we did more than probably 95% of the bands out there uh, even dream about doing. And we got to go to places, see things, play with people, open for people that, you know, looking back on it, you know, they're, they're awesome memories, but they don't make up a successful life, if that's understandable. My family, uh, my my two daughters and my wife, they make up my successful life. You know, it, it's been good. I, I, I love more now being able to go out and play in public or play somewhere uh, and just have fun and enjoy the music more than I did those in that 10-year run that we had uh, previously. Yeah, I can see that. And gosh, you must have a massive repertoire of songs from all these years. Oh yeah, we we have forgotten uh, more songs <laughs> than than we even know now. Uh, my wife and I recently we we took a little trip uh, with our daughter up to uh, Utah, and uh, we were listening to Outlaw Radio and mostly Willie's Roadhouse. And so the last, we got kind of hooked on it. So the last couple of weeks, we've been listening to Willie's Roadhouse and just going, oh, my gosh, so many of these tunes that we've done. Uh, I, we forgot all these songs that we used to do in those early days. And it really makes you feel, <laughs> feel kind of old going, I remember when that song was new. <laughs> yeah, do you guys ever look back and... and think about maybe how much the music has changed over the years 
Yeah, you know, the, the, the music and the style that everybody wants to play today, uh, we, we kind of feel a little bit responsible for that. We were, as a country band, we, you know, we were considered in a, a lot of ways not quite there yet because we were a little bit more on the country rock side, and we were actually working to reel that in and tighten that up. And that was one of the things that, you know, we were asked to do. But we would go places and play, you know, whatever we'd play. And then, you know, we'd kind of mix it up. And for the youngins that were be at a show, we would play a Guns N' Roses or a uh, Metallica song. And the next thing you know, that started following us. And so we started incorporating some of that into our our sound. And I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if that was such a good good thing back then, but we, we, we broke the mold as far as what we were doing on some of these show openers, you know. And, uh, man, it, it took about five years, and it all caught up. Everybody was doing what we were doing. It was, it was, a, it was an interesting uh, effect to see uh, that come about. And now the music has gone beyond that, and it's... So I don't listen to a lot of today's country music, uh, corporate, what I call corporate, uh, you know, the big stations. I like, like to find the smaller stations where they, they play a, a plethora of different music. But the corporate stations, all the bands, they all sound alike. They all have the same sound. They're all doing a little rap thing in them. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond anything that I really would like to be doing. I, I almost feel personally... You know, it's it's uh, 70s rock and roll with rap music played very badly. But that's just one man's opinion. You know, there's a lot of people that like that out there. So, yeah, the music has changed on us quite a bit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people that, you know, I just hear it out there that a lot of people aren't happy with the way it has gone. Because I know back in the 80s and 90s when I was really into country music, it was so different. Like every artist that came out had something uh, unique to bring to the table. And like you just said a, a minute ago, that nowadays it all sounds the same. So I would imagine that you would you would steer clear of wanting to play a lot of today's music just for that fact. Because for you as a musician, it would get pretty boring. Yeah, it would. You know, which in retrospect, I think, you, you know, I've, I've talked to you before. I have... This last year started an Alabama tribute band. And, you know, we're doing all kinds of, uh, of material from Alabama. And I, am, I enjoy the heck out of it. Every song is so different in the, in the writing, in the style, uh, you know, in how it's put together. And I've been, just, I've been having a ball playing with this Alabama tribute group uh, here lately. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it because uh, it's not just a three or four chord song that's repetitive through the whole thing. You know, there's stuff going on. There's melody. There's magic uh, with just the little little signature licks within a song, um, and then to try to do the harmonies and stuff, which you don't really get a lot now. I mean, I I. I some of the, there's a there's some really good vocal groups out there that I've heard that are being played down south, but you just don't get them out here. And uh, so yeah, 
in that regard, I, I think you kind of hit something there that that's, uh, as a band overall, we've, we, we're kind of feeling that, you know. There's just not the uh, excitement of playing some of these newer songs that there were in playing some of that 80s, 90s, you know, the mid-90s uh, material. Right, and yet in some ways you're obligated to play some of the new stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You know, no doubt about that. But uh, we, we try to we try to leave most of that to DJs in a club where we play. <laughs> Take some of that heat off ourselves. That's a good strategy, yeah. Because basically they're going to be spinning all the new tunes in between your sets, right? Correct. And, you know, to do a lot of this new music, uh, you know, I uh, I know a lot of really good bands out of Orange County in L.A., and uh, one of the problems with the newer music is so many of these five- and six-piece bands down the hill, there's so much going on with the newer music, they have to use tracks, and they're using tracks on everything, even the harmonies. You know, I know bands that will use uh, tracks for one song just because nobody can do the, the, the harmonies on a particular song. Or, you know, there's banjo licks and fiddle licks that are really important, so everybody's wanting to sound just like the record. Well, you know, uh, we didn't have that problem, you know, uh, when, when we first started out. We just played the song, and, and we played the, the important parts of the song and, uh, and, and put the songs together in a way that we felt and and that would be responsive from the crowd gave the song justice now everybody's gone to these tracks and and that's something that we're something else that we've avoided doing you know we will want to keep the music real yes yes i i think that's so important because otherwise it gets kind of homogenized yes and all you got to do is turn on modern country radio here in california and homogenize is a great word <laughs> great term to use for it yeah i was talking to shooter jennings um a few weeks ago he was on the podcast and he he was saying that all this music that they put out for public consumption now it's it's all orchestrated in a certain way to where they want to just monetize it and that's all they care about you know the artistry of making music has been beaten down by the corporatism of the music now. For your audience, I've had, I don't know if they know this or not, you know, I've had a chance to record on some of your stuff. And I love playing on your stuff because everything's so different and it's a challenge. I don't get to go in there and play just stock licks or stock guitar or stock parts. Your music has allowed me to go in there and, and be expressive with my artistry as a guitar player. And I value that. That's something I've always valued. And again, going back to the newer music, man, I, I there's nothing there really for me to value. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And, you know, I was listening to some of my tracks because, as you know, I'm getting ready to release my 14th studio album in a few weeks. And... I was just marveling at your playing because every song, it's something special on it. Like what you're saying, it's not the same old, same old. And there's so much creativity that goes into creating these parts that you come up with. And at the end of the day, 
it helps to give my music a real signature sound. So, yeah, I appreciate what you do as well, and I think it works both ways. It does, and and I would really, I would be really wonderful if Nashville actually got back to that. I can even say the same thing about other genres of music, uh, everything from uh, you know rock, classic rock. More to the point, there's you know I can use Blackberry Smoke as an example for the southern rock genre, uh, where I had just read an article. I'd been. I had quit listening to Southern Rock for many years because it, it, it started to take that flavor of what's happening in the country music, and they were starting to add the rap and, and all that kind of stuff, and the electronic uh, drums and parts, and you know, and it wasn't sounding Southern Rock. And then I got, somebody hooked me up with uh, some Blackberry Spunk CDs, and I'm listening to these guys, and I'm going, my gosh, these guys are a throwback, they're the real deal. So I just recently read an article from the guys in Leonard Skinner who were getting ready to do a show with Leonard Skinner, Alabama, and Blackberry Smoke. And one of the quotes that just stuck out was, and I can't remember who it was in the band that said it, but Blackberry Smoke is saving uh, Southern rock music by bringing back the rawness and the realness of what Southern rock is. And I would love to see that happen with country music again. You know, uh, I have so much hopes in this young kid. His name is Mo Pitney. Uh, anybody out there uh, that's not familiar with Mo Pitney, you would enjoy. If you love real country music, you would enjoy this kid. He's just really good. So I've got a lot of hope that there's a lot more Mo Pitneys out there on their way. Uh, because, man, country music sure could use it. Humbly, that's just my opinion. <laughs> no, and I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that what needs to happen is the music, it should be influenced by the great material of days gone by, but there also should be elements of something fresh without going off the beaten path of the bass sound of traditional music. I think if you can get that formula, then yeah, you would definitely have something that could raise the bar. Yes, yes. I'm with you on that. And, then, and like I said, there are some really good acts out there. I love Zach Brown, you know, uh, what he's doing, and there's a couple others. I, I enjoy Midland uh, as far as some of the vocal groups out there, what they've recorded. Uh, but it's just, there's not enough for me to. Uh, to go, yeah, hey, I really, I, I'm really digging country radio these days, you know. Here's the interesting thing, though. I also think that at the beginning I called it corporate country music. And the reason why I say that is because over the last year, again, doing some of the shows Southern Spirit has done and playing some of the older songs, I would say over the last couple of years, things I noticed when Johnny Cash passed away, we get hit so much with requests, do Johnny Cash. And then this isn't from the older crowd. I'm talking 20-somethings, you know, mid-20s to late-30s, play Johnny Cash. Recently, it's play Merle Haggard, uh, you know, and play Waylon. Well, you got to think that these kids, they're listening to modern country radio, but when they come to our shows or they come somewhere where we're playing and they're asking for this, there's something deep 
going on with country music where there's a disconnect that wants to be reconnected. Right. And I think it can ha- I believe it's going to happen. I actually do. Even with the Alabama shows we do, it's amazing uh, to be singing all these songs from Alabama and look out at a crowd. And I'm not surprised by the four, you know, late 40, 50, 60-year-olds singing along with us. I am very taken back by the 20, early 30-something youth, <laughs> calling them youth, shows my age, uh, but I'm always taken back when they're singing the lyrics with us. They're singing these songs with us. Now, that's not an accident. No. That, that's, that's because they are listening. They are out there searching. They're, they're looking for that sound. And uh, it's just a joy to do one of these Born Country Alabama tribute shows and have these kids come up going, man, I really love this song, or, or you're going to play in Texas, got to have a fiddle in the band. Man, I love that song, you know. It's, uh, you can tell by my excitement, I'm very passionate about this, I hope. And I hope everybody's listening and understands. That's where I come from, a passion from country music. I grew up around this stuff, uh, you know, as, as you know. So, yeah, I'm, I, I love country music. I love what we do, and, uh, and you know, and I and I really appreciate all that Southern spirit over the years has gone through. Well, you've been sort of carrying the torch here in Southern California for sure, because a lot of the country music scene has all but died out. So I'm really happy that you guys are still doing what you do. And what's going to be happening at the celebration? Well, you know, we just want we. <sighs> So many people that go come and see us now, uh, the the thirty forty year olds, especially, they have families now, and we run into people all the time that that they were they were twenty something when they first came and saw us, you know, and uh, they've they've always followed the band, and you know they have the same issue. And they used to go out, they started families, they couldn't come out that much anymore, or they just quit coming out to see us all together because they're busy, and I, and I understand that. And uh, so we, we just want an opportunity to let all them folks out there come and just spend a week with us celebrating the fact that we're here 25 years later because they were there in the beginning. That is so great. So other than performing for the fans at the Cadillac Ranch, is there anything special that you're going to do? I was hoping. We re- we had actually recorded an album, and we never released it. It needs to be mixed. And uh, I was hoping to have that mixed and printed and ready for sale. And I think that's something before the end of the year I'm going to work on and let everybody know that, hey, we are going to have this come out. And this album is really... Uh, It's special in the way that uh, when things started going kind of south for the band, uh, 2004 would be, 2004 to 2005, whenever Katrina happened, we had a single that went number one down south. And uh, it was going to be the first one released off the album. And we had a nice tour set up, and the record was shooting up to number one, and 
and we were booked all over the Gulf Coast, and and we were gonna, you know, spend six months or six weeks out there kicking this off. Katrina happened. Every place we were gonna be playing, uh, everybody had to cancel us because either the 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 area was decimated, or you know, the facility itself was decimated through that, and that that kind of killed it. And I just we never finished off the album, mixing it. And it's got some great stuff. Merle Haggard uh, personally uh, gave us a blessing on Working Man Blues. And uh, what was really special about that is we had uh, Al Bruno and J.D. Manis playing on that. Uh, I think even Kenny Liebenson from the doo Writers came in and added some harmonica. And uh, we had a lot of tracks where we had a lot of, uh, you know, Name players, known side players in the industry, come in and play. We even the, the song that went number one was called "Talk About Heroes." Even Joey Scarberry, if you remember the Greatest American uh, Hero theme song uh, by Joey Scarberry, he came in and helped with the harmonies on that song. And uh, yeah, just it it just went south on us after Katrina. And like I said. I'm not. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to hold regrets on that. Or I don't even believe anybody in the band does. It just. It was something that happened. It wasn't meant to be. But at the time, you know, it was very devastating to all of us. I may end up doing that yet here yet. You know, because I don't know how long we're all going to be able to. Twenty five years is a long time. I don't know how much longer we can do it. And uh, so for the fans, I, I think getting that album mixed and released and. Uh, Put it out there. That that might be uh, that might be the exclamation point I, we need to do here before we all hang up our boots and guitars and whatever. Well, I'm sure everybody will be waiting for that album with great anticipation. So, what time are your shows this weekend? Uh, we're going to be playing from nine o'clock until one thirty in the morning. Okay, well, everybody, make sure you save the dates on your calendar to go out there and support Southern Spirit at the Cadillac Ranch. And, Joe, it's been great talking to you today. It's been a lot of fun just catching up and talking about music and and all it's been through (laughs) over the years. Again, much, much appreciation for coming on, and I wish you guys all the best. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate your support over the years. And... uh, Hey, I'm looking forward to doing more recording with you and who, and whoever, all your friends out there. <laughs> I'm available. If you need that old twangy Bakersfield guitar sound, I'm your guy. Listen to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.